2: well, hello again, everybody. It is time for a Blue Gold Report podcast just for you, brought to you by D.O. McComb and Sons Funeral Homes. And I want to thank everybody for finding us wherever you download podcasts. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review the Blue Gold Report. And if you're listening on ESPN Radio 1380 and 100.9 FM, good Saturday morning. Of course, we record the podcast on Friday afternoons for you. And we got a lot to get to as the basketball season comes to a a pretty poor ending for Notre Dame men, but the women are awaiting Monday for Selection Monday for the uh, NCAA tournament, so they've got something to play for right after they won the ACC championship. Uh, we'll talk about some football too. Not a huge week in the, with spring break around, but there is a new recruit Todd wants to bring up, and uh, we're going to start analyzing some positions as we head into 2019 and what kind of shape they're in and who to look for. Uh, today, we'll do linebacker action, and Todd will break down uh, some of that. Now, I mentioned Todd a couple times there. Let me introduce him now. He is Todd Burlidge of Blue Gold Illustrated, and he's here on this uh, St. Patrick's Day weekend. You feeling Irish enough for you uh, th- this weekend there, Todd? Yeah, for sure, Rags. Absolutely. Got my blue on
0: today, but we'll, we'll get all greened up when the time comes here. Is that
2: Sunday officially? It's Sunday officially, but I'm sure there's a tent party out there somewhere <laughs> you can go to, to even tonight, I'm sure.
0: Oh, I'm quite sure of that. I, I, I have plans with my... 11-year-old daughter, so I don't think we'll be uh, <laughs> we'll be hitting any tents, but perhaps this weekend.
2: <laughs> yeah, it was a pretty melancholy ending to the Notre Dame basketball season. It was nice that they got one nice little sure? win in there, you know, that the, they won that first-round game. And They actually, you know, when you shoot 55% from the field in the first half, not too many teams are going to lose doing that, so they kind of shot the lights out and won that Georgia Tech game, but it was nice that they, Mike was able to get that one win for them.
0: Yeah, that first half was probably the best half they've played all year. I believe they did get to 50 points, and Georgia Tech only gives up about 55 per game, and frankly, Notre Dame's only been scoring about 55 per game. I know. Uh, that kind of came out of nowhere for sure but it maybe it provides a glimpse into how good this team can be uh when it all play when when all parts are humming along at the same time.
2: Yeah, I think that 38 was the highest half total they they had up until that point and they they shot in the 60 some 60% somewhere in that first half uh, not the 50. So, yeah, it was a nice showing uh but you know, they won't be watching anything on Sunday. They'll be out uh prepping for the 1920 season and we'll talk a little bit more about that as we move ahead here, but we start every show with some blue-gold nuggets, and I'm sure Todd's got some stuff for us. Todd, what do you got? Usual three-pack rags
0: and talk about a diverse show. I'm going to start with a little track and field, actually. The indoor championships were held last weekend, and Notre Dame actually captured its fourth all-time indoor championship title, and it came in the Notre Dame men's distance medley relay. Um, Dylan Jacobs started this thing off in the 1,200 meters, He's a freshman. And then he handed the baton to senior Edward Cheatham, who ran the 400. Uh, Cheatham passed the baton off to sophomore Samuel Volts, who ran the 800. And after those three legs of this event, Notre Dame was was uh, running only sixth. And then uh, from there, Volts handed it off to Yard Nagoose. He's another sophomore, and he ran the mile 1600, posted his best or his second best time of the season in it. 3.56.03, and that was good enough to lift Notre Dame to the top of the podium. Um, they also won this event in 2012. Again, in the history of Notre Dame's track program, this is only the fourth title that they've had in these national indoor championships. So good for them. Right, because I wanted to visit this combine. I was just kind of goofing around, looking at some stuff. So kind of put a final bow on the combine as we prepare for Pro Day here at Notre Dame on March 20th. Again, eight former Irish players were in Indianapolis from February 26th to March 4th for the Combine. And it kind of jumped out at me that Notre Dame's really starting to put some serious numbers at this Combine. As a matter of fact, under Kelly, um, Notre Dame has sent, and he started here, uh, this is 2011 to 2019. uh, He sent 55 former players to this Combine, um, and since 2012... Uh, Notre Dame has set 52, which ranks ninth nationally in the most combined invitees. Uh, Alabama, of course, leads the pack uh, with 86, and LSU, Florida State, Ohio State, Florida, Clemson, Georgia, and USC, so some pretty powerful uh, members of this fraternity here. Uh, 34 of those 52 players were drafted, so just kind of goes to show you what the, the momentum that Kelly's building in the program and the talent he's bringing in. Keep in mind, in the nine years before Kelly took over the program, uh, only 46 players were invited uh, to the prestigious event. Um, 24 of those came between 2002 and 2004, so it was kind of stagnant after that. So I thought that was worth a mention for sure. Moving on, a uh, little more football notes. Notre Dame-Georgia Tech, the road games in this series have now been moved to Mercedes-Benz Stadium. That is the home of the Atlanta Falcons and quite a beautiful venue, as I'm sure you're aware of, Rags. Uh, seats seventy-seven thousand people compared to Bobby Dodd, the the actual home stadium for Georgia Tech in downtown Atlanta. There, it's a cool stadium, it's a quaint stadium. I've been there before. Uh, that seats only fifty-five thousand. Uh, just a couple of feathers in Mercedes-Benz Stadium cap. Uh, it hosted the 2018 Super Bowl. That was the one that Philly beat New England. Uh, the 2018 National Championship game. That's where Alabama beat Georgia, and it will host the 2020 basketball Final Four. Here's a kind of an interesting nugget within a nugget. For the 2020 season, I I failed to mention the years, the two games that have been moved uh, are the 2020 game and then the 2024 game. So these are up the line a little bit. But for what it's worth, this is kind of cool. The 2020 games for Notre Dame, they have six road games. Five of those will be played in NFL stadiums. Uh, Bank of America, that's home of the Ravens. That's a Wake Forest game. Lambeau Field, that's part of that uh, Soldier Field, Lambeau Field, back and forth with Wisconsin Heinz Field, obviously Pittsburgh. They will play Pittsburgh, and the LA Coliseum, home of the Rams, where they'll play USC. On top of that, the sixth road game is at Aviva Stadium in Dublin, Ireland. So hmm. uh, certainly it shows that Notre Dame still draws. And those are your blue gold nuggets.
2: And uh, congratulations, uh, Golden Tate. A huge contract. He's going to the Giants. Uh, he's going to play. He's going to take OBJ's place. So full, former Golden Domer Golden Tate will be wearing a da- uh, giant blue and. I wanted to bring up the softball team. They're heading to Tallahassee. They're opening up ACC play. The girl the women here uh nine straight wins. They've got a series against Florida State and this girl Allie Wester she's hitting 487 uh they are 15 and 7 heading into ACC to, uh, conference play so i did want to bring them up uh as they uh, got their ninth straight victory last week over Florida International so uh yeah when you're getting a hit almost every other time up you, <laughs> you, you're pretty good out there so good luck to the to the ladies down there in Tallahassee boy i wish i was down there with them yeah. for sure uh all right let's talk some football here and i know we're going to break down uh the linebacker position and and even BK will in a second but you know spring break Not much going on, but there is a recruit to talk about.
0: Yeah, you know, this goes all the way out to the 2021 class. So this kid is a rising high school junior. So this is out of ways. But I still thought it was worth mentioning because it's it's the fourth straight year, as far as recruiting classes are concerned, that Notre Dame has kicked off its class with an elite quarterback recruit. It's a young man by the name of Tyler Bushner. Um, Again, class of 2021. He's out of the Bishop School in San Diego High School. He's six foot two, two hundred pounds. Two four seven sports rates him as a four star player. But check this out, the number two pro style quarterback in uh the entire uh draft here, if you want to call it a draft recruiting class, the number two player in California and the number forty-nine player overall. Um he was also it's interesting, Rex, because he was a he's a gifted lacrosse player. As a matter of fact, he got a lot of offers from schools all over the country to play lacrosse for him. He committed to the University of Michigan to play lacrosse as an eighth grader. <laughs> so <laughs> he chooses Notre Dame over a high powered list of schools that includes Alabama, Georgia, Michigan, Oregon, and USC. Um, now, that said, it's kind of interesting when you look at these recruiting rankings because he basically missed his entire sophomore season uh, with a knee injury. So obviously the the folks that do these recruiting analysis certainly like him anyways, but I thought that was an interesting uh, point right there that he missed almost all of them. He still holds those lofty recruiting rankings. So a good get for Notre Dame. We'll see if he holds up. That's a long way out. Sometimes these kids get a little antsy, but at least for now – Notre Dame has kicked off its 2021 recruiting
2: class. All right, so let's look at this linebacker position, and one would think with the with who they're losing that there might be a big void here coming up uh, this next season. Tell me that's not going to be true here, Todd.
0: Well, I guess we're just going to have to wait and see a little bit, Rags, to be honest with you, because you are so right. Well, you know, Coney and Tranquil,
2: 20... goodbye, and then uh, that's yeah. two big shoes to fill.
0: Very big shoes to fill. So where do you begin? Well, Brian Kelly's not 100% sure where to begin because the coaches are sorting through this. You know, they have nine linebackers coming back um, on scholarship and then three more coming in in June when the freshmen arrive. So it's going to be a real mix and match, Rags, during uh, spring workouts. Some You're going to run with the ones one day. You're going to run with the twos the next day. Certainly probably no position more than this one. Uh, will be worth watching when it comes to uh, you know when it comes to the competition within this position group. Keep in mind, you mentioned them, Tavon Coney and Drew Tranquil. Notre Dame will have to replace six hundred and six career tackles, oh man, forty nine and a half career tackles for loss, twelve and a half career sacks, and nineteen career passes broken up. Um, well, from, from those guys,
2: Todd. Uh, from all the people returning, they had seven and a half sacks. No one else had a sack on the team, and you're talking about just last year 209 tackles alone and that's more than everybody else combined so that's a lot to that's a lot of production to make up
0: yeah and really most of it almost more than half of that production you're talking about that comes back lands on uh asmar Bilal, and he was he's doing the same thing drew tranquil did he's played rover last year now he's going to move uh inside here uh, to tranquil's old position at inside linebacker so we're just going to have to wait and see. He, he's Like uh, like I said, he's going to move inside and play the buck here. But Jordan Jenmar-Keith has a little bit of experience. Sophomore Jack Lamb, uh, junior Drew White, senior Jonathan Jones, sophomore Bo, ba- uh, Bo Bauer. Those those guys are all going to battle for reps, and I'm, I'm sure they'll all help in some respect. But Brian Kelly is, is, is kind of waiting to see how this all shakes out. I guess the only certainty really we could probably say is sophomore Shane Simon, Real gifted player is probably going to land that rover spot. The rest of it is very much up in the air. And actually, here's Brian Kelly explaining even among the coaches just how up in the air it is.
1: A lot of these guys are going to get opportunities to play inside and and um, cross train at Mike and Buck, and you'll see them both in first group and second group. You know, we're we're just you're going to see rotations that. You know, I like to run six and four reps, six with the first, four with the second, just for. Um, to get in, you know, uh, football shape. So you may see Asmar with Drew White for six, and then the next one might might be Jen Markeith, you know, with, you know, Jonathan Jones with the first group. So it's going to mix and match, you know, for quite a bit until we really get a sense of, you know, how this is going to shake out. So I would just sit back get some popcorn and you know and, and we're, we're evaluating and they're they're competing they all want to be on the field but we need film you know we need to watch them and evaluate them and um, there's they're serious I mean these guys want to be starting for Notre Dame and, and they they're competing hard and but we got to give them time to compete and we've got to give them reps to compete.
2: You know, I vaguely remember. Tell me, I remember Drew Smith doing a lot in the Navy game. He was on the field a lot for that game, um, and there, you know. But other than that, I, I, don't. None of these guys stand out to me, Todd, and and that's what worries me. And I know now. T- correct me if I'm wrong. There's four committed already to the 2019 class that are playing linebacker per se. So it could become a crowded field, and then it's just like Brian said: grab the popcorn and see who emerges
0: more due in in june here june yeah once uh the summer school semester starts but there's so you know you mentioned it right off the top here right so much to replace i mean when you talk about looking at any tandem on this entire team uh when it comes to leading notre dame to a 22 and 4 record over the last two seasons you have to go to drew tranquil and tavon coney you just do i mean there's there's no other way around it These guys were so steady. They were there, you know. I mean, Tranquil played through all the injuries, and Coney led the team in tackles last season. Uh, So a great one-two punch at linebacker. We'll just have to keep an eye on it because again, I find it interesting that the coaches really don't even know how this is going to shake out. Yeah, they're going to give everybody a lot of reps at one, a lot of reps at two. Study the film, see what they have, and try to sort through it in the fall.
2: All right, Todd, let's turn our attention to uh, the highlight of the basketball, and that's the women's hoops. Kudos to them. They totally dominated Louisville uh, to win the ACC tournament. Kind of pushed them around. They're playing, it seems right now, Todd, their best basketball at the right time.
0: Oh, there's no doubt about it. Yeah, they they have been absolutely fabulous. Um Let's look at some of these numbers here. You know, keep in mind Notre Dame played the most difficult schedule out of the 349 teams in Division One, and yet they finished number one in scoring offense, 89 points a game. Number one in free throws made, 525. Number two in field goal percentage. Uh, Number three in assists. They they share the ball so well. There's so much fun there Uh, and and rebounds. Um, So you know, this team really did it all. Certainly, that victory over Louisville that you mentioned secured Notre Dame a number one seed. There's no doubt about that. Chances are they will play in Chicago. That's the regional round. You know they'll open here at home. Um, I think it's a four-team race, or really a three-team race. I think Baylor ranked number one, UConn ranked number two, and Notre Dame ranked number three. I think the winner comes out of that. I think the fourth number one seed will probably be Mississippi State. Notre Dame has now won nine in a row. And they are doing it in a big old way. Uh, They're winning these games by about 30-some points per game. I mean, they're not even messing around here. As a matter of fact, in the last six regular season games, they've averaged 96.5 points per and never scored less than 89. And that's on 53% shooting. Um, They never shot under 50% in these last six games. And this is in the tournament and and heading into the tournament. So that's the the good time to get rolling here. Uh, Jackie Young. She ended up the tournament MVP as Notre Dame won it again this year. The ACC tournament. Uh, Jess Shepard was also a first teamer, and Enrique was a second teamer. But certainly, um, you know, even as a second teamer in this tournament, she's geared up to uh, do a repeat performance in the national tournament. And you again, you mentioned it at the top of the show. Selection money will be on the 18th and we'll have to wait and see where Notre Dame lands, but I think it's pretty safe to say that they will be in Chicago as yeah. a number 1 seed. I
2: guess there's an outside chance they'd be in Greensboro, but I, you're right. Uh, Chicago makes a lot of sense, good traveling, and uh, maybe we'll make one of these games. We keep uh, flirting with going to one of these games. Maybe we can actually make one of these games, Todd.
0: Yeah, well, I, typically, I don't know, last, last year anyways, I covered uh, the first two rounds for the Associated Press, so to Purcell Pavilion but it would be kind of nice to do a little travel and watch these girls play in uh, Chicago wouldn't be that far away, would it?
2: No, it wouldn't and I uh, do want to say kudos to Carol Owens got the Women's Basketball Coaches Association Assistant Coach of the Year award. That's the second time that's happened for a Notre Dame coach. I guess Neil Ivy won it about three years ago so she's been there 19 seasons now I believe Todd so congratulations to that lady.
0: Yeah, saw that as well, Rags. That's a good mention. Thank you.
2: All right, we leave on a high note there, and then we turn our attention to the men's (laughs) team. Now, look, uh, we didn't expect expect much out of them. It was nice that they even got a win as the 15th seed. I can't believe I'm saying it. uh, Heading into the tournament in Greensboro, they did play well. They shot the lights out, as you said earlier, against uh, Georgia Tech, and then you know Louisville with that extra day as rest. It just, I mean, they totally dominated. I think, I think Notre Dame shot 11 percent from behind the three point arc. Yeah. uh, and, and the shooting differential between Game 1 and Game 2 was stark, and they just had no chance uh, no chance in Round 2.
0: And you know what? That that loss to Louisville there that you mentioned, the 73-53, they had a lot of open shots. Yeah, they did. Rags. Yeah. It was crazy, and that's really been the story of the season. The one thing that got lost a little bit is Notre Dame was in a lot of these games this year, but they just could not close them. I mean, that's a function of just the depth because of the injuries, the injuries. And then on top of that, obviously the youth movement that's going on. But, you know, they lost at North Carolina 75-69. They lost at Virginia 60-54. And then they led Florida State most of the night before falling 68-61. So those are three examples against premier teams um, that are worth mentioning with at least sort of the, you know, maybe there's hope for the future here. Uh, but certainly the guys learned a lot with all the freshmen that played. John um, John Mooney. Yep. Third-team All-ACC. Let me give you a little something on that. He led the ACC in rebounding with 11.2 per game. He had 19 double-doubles, which led, that was for the entire season, which led all ACC players. And he had 13 double-doubles in ACC games, okay, in league play. That's the most since Tim Duncan. Remember him for Wake Forest? Since Tim Duncan had 15 of them, which is still their ACC record, that goes all the way back to 96-97 found it if I find it a little bit hard to believe that John Mooney is only a third team all ACC player that said when your team sucks maybe that's why yep. you end up being one of the best players in the league but only get third team honors
2: yeah that's your product of the team uh, he you know he got the 12 rebounds it's the uh, double digit rebounds 24 times this season and that is pretty impressive no doubt about that and um, you make a good note here because we were riding pretty high with Mike Bray. Um, you know, coming off the, the the big tournament run they made a few years ago, and then you had Bonzi Colson, and you were really feeling good about yourself. And, and I would, I guess you would, you would agree, and this is the point you want to make. Since that injury, uh-huh. kind of came off the rails here a little bit for this uh, for this program.
0: Yeah, Blue Gold Illustrated gave me a story to do on this, and I guess I didn't realize it until I had a chance to research it. The date was actually January first, New Year's Day of two thousand eighteen. That's the day that Mike Bray officially found out and shared with his team that Bonzi Colson, he was certainly an All-American, preseason All-American, and well on his way to being a postseason All-American, and certainly probably the leader to become ACC Player of the Year that year, uh, he would be lost for at least eight weeks with a broken foot. He was averaging 20-plus points, 10-plus rebounds, and of course the leadership that he brought, no stat sheet could ever measure, Rags. You know that. Notre Dame was flying high, had an 11-3 record, they had actually risen as high as number 5 in the AP poll that particular season. Had a sketchy loss to Ball State that kind of knocked them back on their heels a little bit, but still solidly in the top 25, getting ready to take on this ACC slate. Um, you know, And then when you go back a little bit, back-to-back ACC appearances in 15 and 16, everything was really humming long uh, with this basketball program until that injury. As a matter of fact, they were humming along so well, Rags, that this team went 94 wins, 31 losses from the start of the 2014 season to the day Bonzi Colson injured his ankle or foot I'm sorry well, I'm going to read that again that is 94 and 31 that's an incredible record especially when you're playing in the ACC okay well from that point on now Notre Dame is 30 I'm sorry 23 wins and 30 losses since Colson broke his foot isn't that hard to believe that you go from winning 75% of your games to not even half of your games They missed the ACC tournament last year uh, because of this. Obviously, missed it again this year uh, because of injuries again and whatnot. So, if Brian, if Brian Kelly, if Mike Bray can't get this thing flipped around here and misses it a third year in a row, which would be only the second time that has happened to him since he's been here. Um, is he on the hot seat rags? Uh, I, I don't know.
2: I know. I, am I, wondering when people are going to start chirping again. Uh, they already
0: are on the message boards, of course,
2: huh. I mean, again, uh, the injury set him back. So you know, what are you going to do? Injuries have set him back the last two years. I mean, they were so yeah, young sure. and uh, and and thin this year. I, it's hard to get on him yet. I mean, if it becomes a pattern, uh, you don't. Here's one thing, and and I have to. And I, I'm the biggest Mike Brace supporter. You don't uh-huh. want to come in last in the conference and just. Right really have a no-show season in the entire conference you know last year you know they they fought and they you know they made a run and they and you know even after that long losing streak they they bounced back a little bit when they got bonzi back this year there was just no regroup you know they never regrouped and got back on the right track
0: no you're exactly right and we were trying to do a little bit of research to figure out because when you're talking about Notre Dame trying to go from last to back in the ACC, I'm sorry, the NCAA tournament, that's a tall order from last place in a conference. Mm. And, and the, the last one we could come up with, I don't remember the year rags, but you remember when Mike Krzyzewski had took that leave of absence yes. that one year yes. for Duke? Yes, they that team actually, the Duke Blue Devils, believe it or not, finished last in the ACC that year. They bounced back then and made the NCAA tournament the following year. That's about the only one we can find, and I thought that was sort of interesting. Um, The Irish were just 2-7 and at Purcell Pavilion this year. Uh, That's the fewest number of wins ever, whether they were a member of the Big East or the ACC. Fewest number of conference wins ever. And the eight total home losses were the most during a regular season since 1992-1993. You know as well as I do when it comes to succeeding in basketball, you've got to protect your home floor and Notre Dame was unable to do that.
2: Yeah, no doubt about it. Well, we'll see how they turn this thing around because you know Mike will. Um, let's turn our attention to hockey. You know, I brought up the fact that the women are playing their best basketball at the right time. Looks like the hockey team is as well as they head into a big semifinal game uh, tomorrow night uh, out there at the ice rink on Notre Dame. And uh, they host Minnesota, number two against number three in the Big Ten tournament semifinals. Big game tomorrow night.
0: Oh, for sure. Yeah, and now we're into the good stuff. We're into the Final Four stuff. And I know Cale Morris was named uh, the best player in the Big Ten with good reason uh, after they blanked Michigan State two straight games, one nothing and 2 nothing, So he pitched two shutouts. And, yeah, you're exactly right. Now we get to the Final Four, University of Minnesota here. And that's been a, a really Notre Dame and Minnesota have had essentially the same record all year. So that'll be a good one. That'll be worth watching. That's here at Notre Dame since the Irish are the two-seed. And this will obviously feed in uh, to the winner of Ohio State. Is it Michigan rags on that other side? you know off the top of your head?
2: Uh, I don't off the top of my head, but keep talking and I'll
0: find out. (laughs) Okay, yeah, please do. I should have had, you know what, actually I had my hockey notes and they're still sitting on my kitchen counter at home, so I'm kind of winging this a little bit. Uh, But certainly, yeah, Notre Dame, University of Minnesota will feed into that. Uh, Ohio State's the one seed, so they had a first round bye here. I need to look up for next week's show if Notre Dame wins on exactly how this goes then, how you make the NCAA tournament. Um, I do believe that the conference champions obviously get a automatic bid. So that's why these next two games are essential for Notre Dame. Because, frankly, they didn't hum along quite as well as they did last season. Um, which is fine. There's 2013 and three overall, uh, but you're right. Those two shutout wins to start this uh, Big Ten tournament were certainly impressive.
2: And it's a chalk tournament so far. It's Penn State and Ohio State, okay. the one and four. Ohio State's the number one, uh, Penn State's the number four. They'll play at 3 uh, 30 tomorrow in that single single elimination. So win, move on, and uh, move on once again is what we want. It was what we want. And yeah, you and I are not in depth enough to know what really entails in getting at-large bids into a hockey uh, Frozen Four tournament.
0: Yeah, well, I'll have to look it up, especially when you leave your notes on your kitchen counter.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, you know what? You can't do everything, Todd. You did enough. You did really good. And congratulations to Cale Morris, too. He's a semifinalist for the uh, Mike Richter Award uh, again, so uh, good for him. That's in
0: my notes as well. (laughs)
2: <laughs> all right, well, on that note, we'll, we'll leave. Uh, you go read your notes when you get home. Uh, Todd, we'll do it all over again. and we'll know where the women are playing and we' we'll, we'll, we'll make plans to maybe make a trip to Chicago. All right, sounds great, Rex. Thanks, man.
1: This has been a presentation of opt-in productions.